You are watching the YouTube video for the champions of the under-23 Premier League Division 2 Leeds United youth pod for the Roy and Peacock podcast. That was a mouthful. Leave your comments in the in the comment boxes below uh, what you want us to talk about over the summer because the football's almost finished. We won the league at a canter. We've still got a few games left to play, but not a great deal to talk about over the summer. So leave us some comments, what you want us to talk about, who you want us to profile, who you think we should sign uh, to play in the under-23s and stuff like that. Let's get on with the show. The following podcast contains some strong language and some very average opinions. Any references to actual people are wildly inaccurate. It's probably best if you don't listen at all. The Roaring Peacock Podcast. Welcome back to the Roaring Peacock Youth Podcast. It's finally happened. We are the champions. We're going up. We're going up to play with the bigger boys. Although somehow Blackburn are second in the Premier League. Well, I'm not quite sure if they count as the bigger boys, uh, but we'll find out next year how good they are. But yes, I'm your host, Ross, and with me as ever is Rob. Hello. And Matty. Hello, everybody. We did it, boys. We did it. Quite easy then, wasn't it, really? Only a matter of time, wasn't it? But, yeah, yeah, it was just uh, we just needed that final result to come. And yeah, I like that um, Stoke got the draw. Uh, the, was it the day before? A couple of days before? Yeah, on the Friday. On the, yeah, yeah. No, the Monday, yeah. sorry. Yeah. The Monday, Friday. yeah, yeah. So we had to go and get at least a point. Uh, yeah, just seeing the boys, the celebrations at full time after we beat, I should say we beat Villa 2-1. Charlie Cross got sent off and uh, <laughs> it was a good game, really good game Friday evening. And I think maybe our highest viewer figures of the season on YouTube's and Twitter and everything, it was packed. Like a, should, have been in, should have been in the stadium, really, shouldn't it? Always deserve that. Yeah, it's a shame that obviously we didn't get to see it in person, but to follow it all season has been good. And like I say, it was only a matter of time and... Yeah. I am glad, like you, like you touched on us. I'm glad we managed to wrap it up ourselves. Mm. It just won't, and obviously it would have still been a great achievement <laughs> if Stoke had dropped points and done it for us. But yeah, yeah, I think all the players. I think Mark Jackson said that he wanted to do it himself. The boys wanted to do it themselves and have that moment where you finish the game and you all celebrate together. Yeah. So yeah, uh, yeah it's cracking. Great stuff. Obviously, great achievement, and really, really looking forward to to next season. Obviously, we have got two games. Still to go. Uh, I wouldn't expect a drop in performance. Obviously, it doesn't really matter, I suppose. But from a pride yeah. point of view and how well they've done, you want to finish with another another two wins. And is it 17 out of 22 wins or something like that? So you yeah. have to finish. We won 17. 19, yeah. To finish on 19 out of 24 wins. Incredible. It's ridiculous. It's an unbelievable record. Yeah. Like, head and shoulders above every everybody else in the division. There's been a couple of tight games, a couple of. You know, I thought Reading were a good team. Crystal Palace obviously beat us. They're a good team. Newcastle gave us two good games. Mm. But, you know, really a class above everybody else. And I don't think anyone would dispute that. They're worthy no, winners and, and the right champions. Yeah, unlike the yeah. first team, these, most of these guys can't be hung over for the next game anyway, legally. So they should <laughs> yeah, be all right. anyway, so <laughs> we should be good. <laughs> yeah, Rob, what would you make to the Villa game? It was a bit, you got a bit uh, toast taste at the end with the red card and then uh, they pulled one back. Yeah, it was a good game of football, wasn't it? I think with the expectations that were on the shoulders of like the pressure, you know, I know we've, we've won 17 out of 22, but you still they've still got to go out and do it, haven't they? Yeah. And 
they did that so that you can't dispute it. The quality was still there. I think 85% passing accuracy, 507 complete passes, 62% possession. So the tail of the tape is very much what we'd seen in other games. I think it just felt a little bit closer than it actually was because of the red, because they got the goal back and the scoreline obviously been 2-1. But overall, another, another, another amazing performance. And congratulations to Mark Jackson, who becomes the first manager in the club's history to win the league with both the 18s and the 23s. Oh, wow. That's amazing. I love that timeline. Was it LUFC data that did like a timeline since he joined the club? Uh, yes, yes. Basically, yes, won, won something or, or either got a job promotion or won a title almost every single year since he joined the club. So, Jesus Christ. Obviously, do, you, do you want to know an interesting stat? Do you want to know interesting stat? Do you know who else has done that since... The only other player to do something like that every year, like Jackson, or from that I could see, Ollie Casey. Oh, wow. So 17-18 oh, yeah. PDL North uh, with the 18s, 18-19 PDL North with the 23s, 19-20 the, the championship, obviously, and the 2021 with the PL2 Division 2 champion. So Ollie Casey has a similar to Jacko. Yeah, like, he's, been, well, he's or, been with Mark for a long time, hasn't he? So that obviously makes yeah. sense. He's good, actually a really good lad, is Ollie. I got a lot of... I think he's been one of the most consistent players, especially over the second half of the season where he's had a real run in the team mm. and kind of reformed that partnership yep. with Creswell that he had in the 18s. Yeah. Uh, he's probably probably the most underrated member of the squad, I'd say. He got a lot of stick after the Crowley game, which is probably, you know, for those that don't watch the 23s, it's probably all they know him by. Yeah. But he's been he's been phenomenal. That block at the end of the Villa game where Capriol made the first save, the, that block is absolutely unbelievable. Yeah. Um, so yeah, a little shout out to Ollie because he's been he's been really really good, especially second half of the season. Defensively, obviously, we've been quite strong all year. I'm not, I don't know the yeah. stats, but uh, I don't think we kept, we've not kept that many clean sheets, have we? You know, conceded the odd goal now and again. Conceded 26 in 22. That's pretty yeah, good. We still got <laughs> a goal a goal difference of plus 30. Yeah, it's not bad, is it? And that's yeah. with Kiko playing some games as well, not even Capriva in a goal for most of the season. So <laughs> let's just put all the blame on him for that. But yeah, they've been fantastic all across the field. And like you say, mate, Casey, he got a lot of stick after that Crawley game, but he was the one of the least to blame for that performance. He was the first team yeah, exactly, to show exactly, up exactly, as well. Yeah. So yeah, to lump it all it's still crazy that people criticised him after that, but yeah, you know, it is what it is. Fans can be critical, can't they? And yeah, we've watched let, them all season. Not like that, videos, yeah, so. of course, but to not let that get to him, Shows a good mentality. Obviously, got a good head on his shoulders. Good relationship with uh, with Jacko. Mm. So yeah, obviously, he's been excellent. It's built on solid. It was a great game. I think you got Capri has played seventeen yeah. games in goal. Then you've got Casey and Creswell nineteen and twenty games each, and Drame's got nineteen games at right back. It's just kind of whoever's played left back has been the odd man out. But those three yeah. have been there with Capri as well. Been there all season, really. It's good that they've built partnerships already. Yeah, yeah. And I think oh, I know no, we spoke about Drama's this. in the under twenties, isn't it? I was going to say about an England link, but I think Drama's in a different age group to Creswell, isn't he? Yeah. Is that right? But yeah, hey, but I was going to say it's just it's nice to see. It's nice to see that the um, the recognition that was received. I mean, um, widely widely praised, not just from our own fans, but you know the, the guard of honour from the first eleven when they came yeah, that was in the next the next day. And I read something really kind of interesting from Patrick Bamford. I think it was on Leeds Live, um, where he'd mentioned that 
it shouldn't be underestimated something that we talk about each week obviously which is the fact that they drop down squads and up squads at a regular yeah, basis yeah, yeah. but Patrick Patrick mentioned that even during training you know if, if the first 11 need extra basically spare spare lads to do ball drills or pick up the pieces they'll be training over on the other pitches they'll get called across for, for literally 10 to 15 minutes do a drill and then they've got to run back over and integrate back in with Jacko's mm-hmm. squad then come back over to the first 11 and, and they're kind of like you know, not just the ones that like your Leaf Davises and your, your Shackletons that are yeah. more first teams, but the other lads have been even during the training sessions, you know, had their head in two places. Mm. I've got to perform like this for the first and then like this for the for the 23. So it's uh, overall start to finish to a man, uh, a brilliant season. They should all be proud, really proud. Yeah, it's great. He said, yeah, he said that on the Leeds, on the Leeds podcast. I listened to that this morning. Yeah. Uh, obviously, can't be underestimated what they do for the squad and the fact that they've got their own success as well probably makes that all seem all the more worth it. So, yeah, obviously, massive, massive congratulations to them and to know that they've played such a part in how successful the first team has been as well. It's just like an added bonus, isn't it? They've, they've been phenomenal. Actually, really are a credit to the club. Yeah, I said that. And how good, how good must it feel for those lads that signed that potentially, you know, look at Somerville, who was getting first first eleven football in the era de VC, or you look at Greenwood, Gelhart, you know, he could have gone to a championship club and probably been starting week in and week out at yeah. potentially like a Barnsley or a QPR or someone like that. So those lads must be feeling, you know, right, we made the right decision here. Not only have we come and won silverware, but in some capacity, they will have trained and interacted with first 11 players, whether that's Calvin dropping down or, you know, Costa and the lads that have dropped down helped with the rehabilitation of now for sure, but obviously previously that Berardi. So to feel part of that, after having just signed in your first season as an 18, 19, 20-year-old must be a really great feeling. Yeah, definitely. Just to... Even just to be part, of, like you said, those training sessions, and you just you just suddenly mix in with the Premier League players, and Bielsa's giving you instruction. That must be huge. Like, no, just yeah, it must be massive. He's not Bielsa. It's going to do <laughs> wonders for the that for their career, I'm sure. Uh, yeah. Just to get that experience. Um, yeah. yeah, it must be great. Like you especially said, justifying a lot of decisions that a few of the lads have made, because I'm sure, and obviously they would have been set on coming to Leeds and and that decision, but I'm sure there were doubts in their mind that are. Oh, could have gone somewhere else and played first team. Mm. Could Joffe have gone to the, gone to a championship club and played first team? Yeah, definitely. But yeah, justified a lot of decisions and um, obviously brilliant, brilliant stuff. And especially because, like we were talking about in last week's episode, which focused on um, a lone watch. So if anyone hasn't watched that or listened to it yet, uh, give it a check out because it's uh, quite interesting. But you know, these lads that are on loan, like your McCalmots, he's doing bits at Oldham still. He's these just guys are more figures this week. These lads Double are wanting to come back. Season. So they, they want to come back off loan, pretend unless you're Mojica, who seems to be having the time of his life playing with horses, <laughs> playing with horses in Gran Canaria. Um, but the, re- the rest of them have come, will probably be wanting to come back and prove a point as well. So yeah. I think there'll be some there'll be some real competition for places in the 23s next year or the PL2 Division 1. Imagine that. I've not, I said it all season long, I don't think there's any other team that has this sort of togetherness between the two squads it's it's one and the yeah. same the players are just completely interchangeable like you say McCallum's going to have to come back and try and work his way into the kind of the Shackleton Jenkins that sort of mix he's he's going to be one of those players it's pushing for a first team sport Huggins as well they've been there and it's going to be really tricky for them um, let's do some kind of 
rather than ratings, let's do standout players. Obviously, Capria, it must be the standout keeper. Van der Hoeve only played one game and we don't talk about Kiko. So, Capria, what do we think of him overall this season? He's been solid, hasn't he? He's got better as the season's gone on, definitely. He has got a lot better. I think his decision-making has, has come on a lot. I think that was a bit of an issue at the start of the season. Hmm. Uh, sometimes he seemed a little bit I think you see it a lot in young keepers it's not just Capril you know they don't want to go along they obviously yeah. want to play football and they're every goalkeeper now is a key part of how a team plays out from the back so he's got to be good with his feet I think sometimes he just forced it a little bit too much when it wasn't on decision maker has come on a lot uh, yeah are we giving like a, a, a rating out of 10 or, or yeah what? we can do yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Capril for me he's got a bit he's an 8 out of 10 just for how much he's he's come on along the season yeah, I'd agree with that. It's just been really solid, and yeah, he has got he has got better as he's, as the season's gone on. What do you, what do you reckon to him, Rob? Yeah, I like him. He, he's nineteen years old. I mean, we've got him contracted till twenty twenty three. So, listen for him. There's there's kind of nothing to lose because mm. he, he will he will have a career in football. He, he could potentially go back overseas if it doesn't work at Leeds. But you know, yeah. I think he, he's he's just applying his trade. I think. He's probably settled in a bit more as the season's gone on. He, he seems to have come out of his shell. I mean, this is, you know, some of them have got agencies that do this, so it could be him, I don't know. But his social media certainly is a lot more active in the run into the title than it was like Christmas and before. So, you know, um, you know, well, I, we follow these guys. We, we're interested to know what's going on with them and how they're integrating. And I like him. I'd probably go seven out of 10, not eight out of 10. I think he's still got some decision-making issues. But listen, he's certainly a, a better choice than Kiko for me. And, and he's a young lad, so he's got plenty of time to to brush up on those little tiny mistakes yeah it's a great point that rob about how coming out of his shell obviously it's not something you can properly judge without without no. knowing him and you know being around the players all the time which obviously we're not but people it, even just people like commenting on his on his posts or him commenting on other people's posts he seems to have come more integrated into the squad as the season's gone on mm. yeah and i think the thing that um was it max dean that put it on capriel better than Allison, just stuff like that yeah, makes yeah, yeah. And, and would would sort of hint at the fact that he's become more integrated into the squad. Um Van he's just touching on Van der Hoyvel, I yeah. I thought it was it was a Wolves game I think he played and I actually thought it was really good. Mm. I've seen a few clips of him playing for the 18s and a few training clips and I actually think he's he looks like a very good young keeper. Yeah. I did expect to see a little bit more of him but obviously he's been playing predominantly in the under 18s. Maybe we'll see a bit of him next season. Yeah, there's yeah. a chance Capria maybe like makes his way up to the, well. the first team and Van der Hoogel takes over as the 23s. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll see how that works out. So rather than grading everyone that's played in defence this season, we've got the kind of the, the four, three or four main guys. Who's been your standout defender this season, Rob? Since after the red card, which I spoke about on quite a lot of these podcasts, I think Drame, I think after that early red card earlier in the season, he has been the standout defender for me. I think he, he offers everything that we want in a successor to Luke Aylin. Yeah. Um, and not, not to wish Luke out of the club anytime soon, but you know, <laughs> he's got an engine on him, he's got attacking prowess, he can cut inside, he's linked up with Somerville, Costa. Um, whoever's played on that right hand side with him, he's he's been able to link up with. He's also got a good kind of depending on who drops deep if we've been playing Kenne in like the Calvin Phillips role let's say he, yeah. he also when he cuts inside he's, he seems to have just good automatically good decision making and good rapport with the players he plays with I like everything about him the only thing um, I thought at the very start of the season was there was an expectation of him coming in for obviously we signed him and I thought he was going missing a little bit but since he came back after the red card 
outstanding. You, you can't fault him. I, I would say, you know, if we're rating him like, you know, nine, nine out of 10, almost touching 10 out of 10. He's, for me, he's been absolutely brilliant this season. Fantastic. Uh, Matty, who's been stand out for you in that, that defence? Yeah, I can't argue with drama at all. Uh, I think for me, he's probably my player of the season full stop. Never mind stand out yeah. defender, he's just my full player of the season. I just think consistency. He's been 7, 8 out of 10 every single week. Yeah. Uh, <coughs> he looks he looks set to go up into first team football. I certainly am surprised he's not, not been on the bench at any mm. point. Um, physically, he's good, he's strong, he's quick. Uh, he's obviously got a great engine like Rob said gets up and down all the time good one-on-one defender reminds me a lot like Wan-Bissaka in that sense but then he's got the ability to you know, dribble past players uh, I think he, I'm not sure he's got too many assists has he is it just two or, two or three assists but yeah, a couple, yeah. maybe his final ball he could work on but in fairness we don't we don't score a lot of goals from crosses so it's difficult to expect him to get many assists because we, you know, we don't have that we don't have a big one in the middle we don't really no. score many that's got many headers from crosses. I know Cresswell's got one or two from set pieces, but not from open play. So it's really difficult to expect drama to weigh in with too many assists. Yeah. But yeah, his his crossing's good. His his ability to take it past players is good. Um, consistent. He's been so consistent. Literally, barely had probably not had one bad game. He got the red card, which if he listens, he's definitely absolutely fed up of Rob bringing up the red <laughs> yeah, card. Yeah. Apologies week. for bringing that up. It, it's, to be fair, it wasn't even a. It wasn't even. You know, one of them where he's he's done a leg breaker of a challenge. No. It was just it was a, a one. It was just a, Did he throw the ball at him? Awesome. Yeah, it's a casual red, but I think <laughs> before that, my question marks were around. He was going missing in games. He showed promise, but he was going missing. And I was thinking, you know, for what we've paid for him, even though he's a young young lad, you know, there is an expectation. Um, I, not not to say I thought he was a bad player at all, but I just thought he was going missing in a couple of games. But then, yeah, yeah since since he's come back from there, he's he's been. That's just the moment in my mind where I I realised sort of wow, yeah. we've got a baller here. We've got an absolute baller. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's but sorry he's about that. I'll Go say it next year. Do you know what changed him? It was that red card <laughs> <laughs> he's when he's playing in the first eleven. <laughs> yeah, uh, for me, it's Charlie Creswell. He has been an absolute yeah. rock at centre back. To be 17, 18 years old and be that in control of that centre of that entire defence. He has been superb. He's played 20 games, which I think is the most of anyone in the squad. Uh yeah, he's the most appearances of the season. Also got the most bookings. I like a centre back that gets booked, shows they're committed to the tackles and uh, want to get after that ball. And yeah, he's got a couple of goals from headers, which centre backs need to do. We don't score many from set pieces. So let's uh, if he can be a presence in there and even just cause trouble, it's he's been fantastic. Along with Casey at centre back, they've been really well, uh, really good. He's played with Stroik as well. He comes down, he's, he's fantastic. But I want to give a little shout out to Jeremiah Mullen as well. He played two games, but I, he's only 16. He's maybe my favourite player I've seen play for them for 23 this season. I don't know what that I've, is. Been, I've been really impressed with Mullen every time I've seen him. Yeah. Uh, played against Reading away. I think that was his first game, and I can't remember the second I think game. He was Burnley when he just came back, hadn't he? Came oh, yeah, from, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Burnley away, yeah. He's got some but skill yeah, on the ball. Brilliant both times. And he was good in the in the AFL trophy. I think he played mm. once or twice in that. Very, very good. I think we signed, I think we signed him from Liverpool. So yeah, yeah. that's ped, you know, that pedigree has obviously got a lot of ability. Yeah. Another one that we might see more next season. Yeah, uh, some of It's actually harsh Harsh that we've not mentioned Creswell, Rob. But I just think drama's consistency. He just has to get yeah. it for me. But 
Creswell, unbelievable. Definitely one of the top performers in the team. Yeah. Captain as well, you know, to yeah. captain a winning side that have been so consistent all season. A lot of that comes from your captain. He's a leader. He's very vocal, which is not something you see a lot in young lads. No. Uh, it's ne- it never when you even when you watch the other top young teams, you don't really see that one person taking charge all the time. A re- on the live streams, obviously with no fans in, mm. you can hear his voice constantly. Yeah. Uh, another thing that I think has really took him to the next level, he's gained a yard of pace. I think a few times I saw him in the under 18s, you thought, is he, you know, he's obviously, he's, he's powerful. He was a good leader even back then. He's a good passer, good in the air, always wants to dominate his opponent. But you just thought, is that, is that lack of pace going to let him down? Yeah. He's gained one or two yards of pace over the last season, which has been massive for, for his development. So, Looking at him to be one that is looking at first team football next season, definitely. Yeah, he could be that fifth centre back that you probably, you probably he need. Definitely probably. could. So, so it's just yeah, tight, he definitely yeah. could. Uh, so yeah, that's kind of the defence. Um, I don't think we've missed anyone. The rest of the guys have kind of been in and out. We've played wingers and central midfielders at left back kind of most of the season. Um, midfielders, then, Matty, who's been your your standout performer? There's a lot to pick for from here. <laughs> I think the easy option is Greenwood, isn't it? But he did play a lot of the season up, well, the early parts of the season up front. Yeah, what, what, count, that, what we count ten as? Is, a, is that a striker or a midfielder? Uh, I'm not sure. Probably a midfielder. <laughs> I think. Yeah, but I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Jack Jenkins. Um, again, another one that's been consistent. Played a lot of games. Uh, been you know looking at moving up to the first team, being on the bench a couple of times. He does everything. He just makes everything look simple. Never overcomplicates things. Mm. He can put tackles in. Another one with a great engine. Got his first goal against Villa. Um, yeah, obviously that's something he might want to add to his game a little bit more. Seems to get a little bit of a rush of blood when he gets towards the end of the, towards the, end yeah. of the box sometimes. But yeah, when he's, he's played in the four, he's played in the eight. Um, uh, seems a real integral part of the squad. They always look better with him in the team. Uh, yeah. Great, great engine, great passer, good tackler. Just top draw all season. Another one when it comes to consistency, it's been him, him and Drama really the most consistent performers, and and Gellart as well. Mm. Just, just superb. So yeah, Jenkins for me, and probably another nine out of ten. Yeah, he's been he has been fantastic every time I've seen him play. You say, yeah, improving the finishing maybe that's the only weak spot, but yeah, he, he's nineteen years old. That will come, I suppose. Uh, Rob, what about you? Um, it was a toss-up, actually. I, I like Jenkins a lot. I think he was probably the one that first came to mind. But when I sat and thought about it and and, and just my own personal reactions to when I see him play, I, I think I'm going to go for McKinstry. Yes. Um, I think, you know, 17 appearances, two goals, two assists. Um, he's reliable whether you play him in the centre or he, he drifts out left. Um, I think I've actually been most impressed with him. I don't remember which game it was, so apologies, but I think it was one of the games that Leif Davis dropped down to left back and he was played more out to the left with him. Mm. Um, and and again, just the interlinking play, the vision, an emotional maturity on the ball, which a lot of these guys have. And they're so young, like... You know, just talking then 16, 17, 18, 19 years old. I mean, yeah. it's, it's it's a different level. And I know that they're professional athletes and this is what their career is is aiming at. But wow, you know, such talent. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely going to be a future Scotland international uh, oh, yeah, for me. Yeah, yeah. 100%. I, I, hope, I hope, obviously, he, he, he fulfills that with us. But for me, um, I think from the midfield, because I would cast Greenwood as further 
as an advancing player, but I'm going to go for I'm going to go for McKinstry. Yeah, I think McKinstry was kind of the guy I was looking at as well because he he has played so many positions, and I don't know, it's just something about a Leeds Scottish midfielder that just, it just <laughs> it's ticking all the right boxes for me. That is, and like I say, he well, was like one David Hopkin. Well, yeah. <laughs> the most handsome man in football. He he was like the players we mentioned earlier. He could have stayed in Scotland, and he probably would have played first team football for Motherwell this season. Yeah, yeah. That talent, he could have been a first team player there easily, but no, he took a chance, came down to us, and yeah, he's been really, really good, and he, he filled in a couple of positions. I like him when he plays left wing. Um, yeah. yeah, central midfield. We've got some really exciting prospects in that position. Uh, Matty, who's it? Oh, you've done yours, haven't you? Any other standouts we want to mention? We haven't really mentioned Huggins, and he's kind of played everywhere this season, hasn't he? Yeah, Huggins. Yeah. The Stuart Dallas of the 23s. I think. He is, yeah. Right yeah. back, left back, midfield. Uh, yeah, Huggins have been excellent. Um, they've all been excellent. They've all been, yeah, they've, they have yeah. all been excellent. I think Greenwood, if you're classing him as a midfielder, of course, second to Jenkins for me. Mm. Then you've got McKinstry. Some of them. Noah Kenner. Noah Kenner, brilliant. No and he played. He's yeah. played, obviously played at the back as well. Yeah. Uh, do, do you know what I would class Ken as? And um, I think for me, the most improved player, like as the season's gone on, I think he's just got better and better and better. Um, People I think always all... say that's the award you give to just a shit lad who, oh, yeah, <laughs> you, you're quite, you're quite bad, but you can have most improved. <laughs> I remember speaking on this podcast about him, I think it was four or five weeks ago, and I was so impressed with his performance because, you know, again, another young lad. He's not had as many appearances as the others. He's only started 10 games. Yeah, yeah. But I think when he's played, I, I think he's he's improved. I'd, I'd class him as one of the most improved improved players we've got in the squad. Another one that's really young, obviously, Kenner. I, yeah. I, think, I don't know what episode it was, but I said he's the biggest prospect that we have. I, yeah. I think, you know, in terms of someone that could play for the first team for a long time or could make us a, a lot of money in two or three years. Yeah. I think Kenner is one of the biggest prospects that we have at this club alongside Gellart and, you know, Greenwood, Somerville. Mm. Kenner's up there for me because he's, he's young. He's just so, yeah. he's so powerful. He reads the game so well. He can tackle. He can run with the ball. He can and play centre-half. Club, what club now doesn't want a Calvin Phillips, a Declan Rice, exactly. a, a, a Wilfred Ndidi at Leicester. Yeah, they exactly. all want an Akante at Chelsea. They all want that kind that, of position yeah. or player to be moulded into the, the yeah, yeah. ball giver, solidifier in front of the defence, vision of what's going on on the field in front of just the all rounder, the CDM. Exactly, uh, it's massive, CDM. isn't it? It's massive in yeah. football. It's like the there's always like trends in there of what everybody wants. So a couple of yep. years ago, it was fullbacks. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, you know, when Man City started playing, how they do with, you know, advanced fullbacks, everyone wanted attacking fullbacks. Man City spent like 200 million on fullbacks. Yep. And then now it's just that whole, that holding midfield role. It's like, a, it's like a trend and everybody wants one. And yep. Kenner, you know, looking up to Calvin Phillips with that big physical presence that he's already got, so much natural ability, he really does have potential to be a top, top holding midfielder. Yeah, and definitely. 100% for me will, will go on to be a Premier League player. I think yeah. it's a shame that he's not had so many games. Hopefully that improves next year, but it's such a, it's so difficult, you know, when uh, Cox obviously been playing that position when he came back from injury. Forshaw's had to play last week. Phillips mm. played once or twice. Phillips after the, after the suspension, yeah, Phillips yeah. came down, didn't he? Yeah. And then you've got Jenkins playing so well. So it obviously it's very difficult to manage and, and get kind of the games that he needs. But I think next next season he needs to be he needs to be looking at playing you know, 15, 20 games as opposed to 10 starts. I think yeah. 
we need yeah, to massive. extend him as well. He's one of the lads that runs out next year, not 23. So mm. he's he's got one more calendar year, let's say, from now till yeah. next year. To, right. So I, if I was author of the squad, I'm sure they are, um, I'd look at extending him pronto before he does slip through our fingers. And, and like you say, he's a future star. So Yeah, they're pretty good at tying these kids down. Yeah, yeah. Long term. I'm so, sure yeah, that'll if, get started. It'll probably be in the pipeline already. If you put any sort of credence into football manager, uh, knowing Kenner and Joe Gohart are the two wonder kids in the league squad. So, yeah, they're, they're normally pretty good with that. They don't miss very often. Uh, strikers, then. I mean, there's one obvious one. Are we all saying Joe Gohart? <laughs> yeah. It's got to be, isn't it? He's Stop some it. talent, this boy. He's, yeah, ridiculous. Uh, like, he, he's been on the bench for Premier League games recently and there wouldn't have been a huge drop-off, I don't think, if he had come onto the pitch. No. He would do the running Bamford does and yeah. no discredit to Bamford, but I think he's probably a better better natural finisher as well, which Bamford's improved incredibly, but yeah, that that's Gilhart's shirt in a couple of years, if not two years from now. He's been absolutely outstanding. Yeah, a level above. Just yeah. straight up a level, a level above. The best player I've seen in the division... Obviously, a lot, a lot of talented players, a lot of England youth internationals. You've got even just that that last Villa game, Louis Barry, the signing from Barcelona, yeah, uh, just top class. Then he's played against first team centre halves. The two, um, the two centre halves for Villa, two first team centre halves. Mm. Like while Gellert was on the pitch, didn't they didn't touch him? Didn't you know, obviously him all, he won really. the penalty. Yeah, uh, you know, a hat trick the other week against West Brom. Some just some brilliant goals, some moments of magic. The the crystal the goal of Chris, Crystal Palace at home, just dancing through players and starting in the bottom corner. Yeah, he uses his body so well. He's, he's strong. He's, he's not he's not a big lad. He's not uh, he's not tall, but you know he's built well. He uses his body well, and that we've said a few times that obviously comes from when he played in the Championship with Wigan, played first team mm. football. But yeah, I mean the Wayne Rooney comparisons before before he signed, just spot on. We really. Just does remind me of a young Wayne Rooney. The the yeah. build, the movement, the the great feet, the finishing ability, spot on. The best player in the division, and he will be one of the best players in Division One next year as well. Yeah, just spot on. Just what a player. It's too almost too good to be true that we've got him for a million pounds. A million pounds. And I do right. actually. I've got a mate that's a Wigan fan, and you know, I, I actually do feel sorry for Wigan. The situation that that they were in. You know, they sh- he should have been someone they were selling for five, ten million. Yeah, but, like when we sold Fab Delph, like they could have got that yeah. money from him easily. Yeah, yeah. but we, we they just, got they got shame, asked but, to strip, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. they're lost obviously our game, and as much as I definitely wouldn't change it, I just do feel a bit sorry for Wigan. But yeah, we've done well there. Great <laughs> scouting again, and I can't wait to see him in Division One. Just honestly, what a player! It, it will be it will take for me something to go insanely wrong or some personal circumstances to go awry for Gelhart and Greenwood not to be Leeds 9 and 10 in two to three years time I, I, I don't see why that they, they won't be our 9 and 10 I agree with everything Matty said I think Gelhart is the best player in that division this year um, technically his ability is fantastic. Yeah. The Rooney comparisons, he's he's done what he needed to do. He's come in, he's scored goals. He's not let the pressure get to him. He's developed, he's come along. You know, his game's improved as well, I'm sure he'll say. Um, and 
yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do. I hope he gets some first team minutes. I know Bielsa doesn't like to just blood people in for the sake of it, um, but um, I hope he gets some first team minutes before the season finishes. So when we're, I know we're mathematically technically safe now, but I hope he gets brought on. Um, and, and You're playing against Scum this weekend now, just to shut us all up. Yeah. Just bring him on he's, at half time. He's, he's he is the the player of the season. I think he should win the, the player of the season award. But yeah. you know, not not to take anything away from Greenwood either. I think Greenwood's filled in where he's needed to. He's, he's dropped deeper. He's played as an eight. He's played as a ten. But I, I think those two guys have got that scream the future of Leeds United's attacking England prowess. Well. Yeah, yeah England. Gellart, English, Gellart yeah. will definitely play for England. Yeah, um, you know, obviously top 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 player. Right here what a story that would be! What a story! That, I mean, I know they're not. I know they're not Leeds lads. We've signed them both in, but you know, to come through the academy and then break through, you know, with the way we play at the minute, if Bielsa sticks around and their development continues the way it does, you know, yeah. Patrick Patrick Bamford's done really well, but he's not going to stay hot forever. He has yeah. got an ability to go missing. He hasn't scored for a few. Nothing against Patrick Bamford. I think he's he's proved me and many people wrong this season. Mm-hmm. But yeah, longer sure. term, the, the longer term succession of replacing what many consider championship quality, upper end championship quality players with either youth that's going to be world class or foreign talent or homegrown talent that's signed in externally from other clubs. I think. We've got two sat in the under-23s right there, uh, Gelhart and Greenwood. They're, they're just waiting. Same as Drame. Those three, yeah. I would I would have not even break a sweat if I saw their name on the on the suspension of the first 11 team sheet. Yeah. I think. It's definitely something to be said, you know, something that we've praised a lot of for the season, the attitude of the players and the maturity. Gelhart has gone from playing first-team football for Wigan, come to the 23s, being on the bench a lot for the first team and not got on. Mm. literally it's been like a walk in the park for him sometimes in the 23s but that desire and the attitude to you know still apply himself every single week to run and run and run every single week and yeah. to still show that quality and willingness to get on the ball and, and just do his thing not once has there ever been a sign of him going oh, yeah I'm too good for this 23s yeah. I'm, I'm going to be in the first team soon and you know just just seeing that drop in performance it's not that's not uncommon for, for young lads to show that type of attitude. But the attitude that Gellart's shown, again, just contributes to him being a level above. I know I'd, we always say we don't want to big these lads up too much, but, I mean, Gellart, just top top quality. What else they they look like they've had fun. They look like yeah. they've genuinely had fun <laughs> playing football and with everything that's been going on this week and we talk about the corporatization of football and let's not get into that on this podcast. But... Um, they genuinely look like a group of lads between the age of 16 to 22, 23 years old, or you know, various points in, in their times that have integrated well, that have shown desire, work ethic, a calm, cool head on their shoulders under pressure, delivered brilliance, showed flashes of excellence, entertained people, entertained thousands, by the way, of people tuning in on social media, Twitter, yeah. Facebook, as well as YouTube, and and won a title while, whilst wearing a smile on their face. So, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's, it's really pleasing, really pleasing. Yeah. I mean, even when Greenwood and Gohart do move up to the first team, we've got Charlie Allen, we've got Max Dean. We've got, yeah. There's players there ready to just come in and just score more goals for us. Uh, yeah, Cun's going to come back and score every week. <laughs> Be 27 two players years old. definitely deserve a shout, actually. Charlie Allen and Max Dean, 218 players. Yeah, Max Dean's got four Max and eight Dean, for 23s. Max Dean's going to be a great player. And, and Allen as well, very yeah. technically gifted. And again, two players. We've just got so many players that you're saying, oh, 
I've said it four or five times already. I'm like, oh yeah, he needs to play next season. He yeah. needs to play next season. And then you've got the lads coming back on loan that are going to play. Then you've got any first team players that might get injured and need to play. Yeah. It's it's that's really diff- it's difficult well. to um, new signings, it's difficult yeah. to manage. And that's why Mark probably more than more than any of the players needs a lot of credit and Bielsa as well, of course. To, yeah. It's been so difficult to manage at times, and they've just got it spot on, haven't they? You know, between them at Thorpe Arch, between Bielsa and, and Mark Jackson and his his staff, Bielsa's staff, they've all just got it spot on. Mm. And the players as well have helped that by being mature and not throwing, there's been no strops for players that haven't been getting a game. Just no. spot on. Now, when the subs, you know, I've not seen one player you know, kick a water bottle, look annoyed no. when they've got, even if they're feeling like when they've come off at 45 minutes so someone can get a game or had to sit on the, you know, I think after performances where they've been nine or 10 out of 10 star players, then the next week, right, I've got to sit on the bench because Calvin's yeah. coming down or I've got yeah. to sit on the bench because Costa, because Costa needs minutes. Not, not one sort of mardy look on their face, not one no. negative interview, not one social media post that's questionable. They've, they've been professional. And I think, when we did that thing with marching out together and we spoke to the development people at the academy that look after the player welfare across all ages in the academy, you know, they need credit as well because we're, we're in a pandemic. They've done all yeah. this in the middle of a pandemic with no fans in the crowd. No, you know, like, yeah, even if it's just like friends, boyfriends, girlfriends, partners, loved ones, relatives that come to the stadium to watch them, probably a lack of that as well because, you yeah. know, regulations around people. Just coaches, in the it? Yeah, it's, they've just got on with playing football and, and done it really well <laughs> yeah they've been absolutely spot on like I say throughout yeah. the club everybody involved with the 23s literally everybody in the club they've just got it spot on they've yeah. just done so well and that's all that's probably all that's all there is to say really they've just they've just got it they've done it perfectly they've just got it absolutely spot on and it's absolute credit to the club and obviously they've got a trophy to show for it as well so it won't, it won't be forgotten so yeah, just brilliant. It's been brilliant to watch. Yeah. Looking forward, I had a question for you, Matty. Maybe you're probably better positioned to answer this. Just to throw it out there, question: With the attention and buzz that this team has got this year, and all the plaudits around it, rightly so. When we move up a division next year, and hopefully we're all back in stadiums to watch it, do you think that Angus or will look to? commercially capitalise on this where do you think we're going to be playing at our home games basically is what I was going to say Where do you, which stadium do you think will provide an opportunity to still have fans there but stay local like we've previously used different stadiums where, where do you see us playing next year yeah I'm not sure to be honest um, obviously it needs to some, needs to be somewhere fairly local to Thorpe Arch Tadcaster's probably a good shout but they have problems with the pitch sometimes where did Donny um, play these days keep moat was it keep moat yeah, yeah. big stadium for him I, I don't know. I, it would be. It's probably stupid of the club to not try and, you know, commercially benefit from all the interest that the twenty threes have gained. I'm not sure what the broadcasting rights are like for, you know, if in the next division. I'm not too. I'm not too sure. But mm. yeah, obviously a big opportunity for the club to make some money from it. And definitely people. Obviously, we've had it free this year, so there's never. Sometimes don't go down well when something goes from being free and then you have to pay for it. But I don't think people could really complain if they said, oh, yeah, it's going to be a fiver, even a fiver a game for the 23s. They've definitely, it's been worth it. And they're playing against better opposition as well. Yeah. It definitely would be worth it. 
So if, if there's the some, there's some, to this and they start charging people for it, I'm no, but I mean, there's some, <laughs> there's some rivalry. I expected fully that they're gonna, you know, you don't just, you don't just take eight to ten thousand people watching on social media channels and miss out on that. I think they've got plans to do it. I just hoped that potentially there would be some benefit to the local community. That's what that was the point of me asking that question. I was thinking, what stadium? Yeah, what stadium could we use where? people can go and watch for fairly priced um, tickets that also benefits either a local community club or a club that's got a stadium that's ample for... Because, you know, yeah. Manchester United at Manchester United at home with the 23s, you you know what's going to happen on a day like that. You know, there's going to be a crowd there. It's not... You're not talking 100 people. There's going to be yeah. a decent-sized crowd. That, what's that York stadium like? That They've got a new stadium, haven't they, York? Mm. I think the 23s have played there before. Then there's, there's Geisley in there we've played there before. Yeah. Uh, but then you're looking at, and I don't want to turn my nose up at low league football. You're looking at the quality of the pitches. That's like, the issue. If these players are go- if these players are going to be playing football league or playing in the Premier League, what is the point? <laughs> what is the point in? Uh... What is the point? Spit on your mic. What's the? Point? I know. Yeah. What is the... <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely disgusted by low league yeah. pitches. <laughs> <laughs> well, all, right, Jamie, Jamie, all right, Jamie Carragher, calm down. Wednesday being League One next season, something gets ring comes. We're going to play at Hillsborough, shall we? <laughs> yeah, they need. Yeah, let's go play there. They might need to but worry. yeah, I just think then you then you get to that issue about quality of pitches and are they better off just playing at Thorpe Arch? Mm. Could they? Could is there something they could do with Thorpe Arch? Is could they get a stand in at Thorpe Arch? There's the. I don't know if you've I don't know if you've been recently, but there's like the you know the 4G pitch. So when you first go in, there's the pitch on your right, which we play on a lot of the time. Then there's like a big row of trees, and then the 4G pitch. Could you get a little stand? in there you know just to hold you know five six thousand yeah if, if that but you know obviously there's a lot of opportunities and the club have got a job on to to try and make it work but there's a big opportunity to either make a lot of money ourselves or give back to a, a local club but then yeah. i just think the, the pitches could be an issue that is this i'm not sure they yeah, probably wouldn't want us definitely. there anyway with our terrible opinions <laughs> like you said there rob you there's no way the commercial director and Victor and Angus are not seeing the seven, eight, nine, ten thousand people watching online and not going to kind of do something with this. Like even I, get them, I think get them if you do it at Thorpe Park, I think what they've got to weigh up is the digital aspect. Obviously, like mm. I know I was very much against it um, because I just thought in this division, PL2, Division 2, every other club does it except Palace. Palace charged <laughs> us. But yeah, yeah. maybe that's the model they go down. Also, not giving them too many ideas, but it could drive subscriptions to LUTV as well. Because if you if you charge one ninety nine a game, you know yeah. there's a lot of people that will watch yeah. it. Especially if the kickoff times are lunchtime, you know you can't. I, I for example, couldn't drive up to to Thorpe Archer or to Geisley mm-hmm. or, or or everywhere to watch the games on a weekday at that time. But I can sit whilst I'm working in the office and watch it streamed. Yeah. So th- I think they'll weigh up. Probably, I think we'll probably see a hybrid of. Thorpe Arch, yeah, yeah, also yeah. also local stadiums where there's big key fixtures where they can make a ticket money. But I think we'll probably see a pay subscription model of one ninety nine a month or something like that for the games. And yeah, I but, then, pay, but then I, in response to that, if anyone from the club is listening, we expect quality content. <laughs> we expect. Do you know what I mean? If you're paying for it, then we want more access to the twenty threes. You want player interviews. You want um, you know the same things that you focus on for the elevens. Yeah. You want give the fans digital content that's relevant for what they're paying for because yeah. there's a there's a there's a clambering for it and if the club get it right it's not going to be seen as a money making scheme or a scam they can give people a fair 
content-based package for two quid a month that lets them watch the 23s, staying connected with the club. And um, yeah, I just think that's a subscription model they could look at. Yeah, I already, I already pay 99p a month for, uh, for the, a week, sorry, for the LED radio. Was that your radio. phone that just beeped then, Rob? Was that your yeah, phone it, that just beeped? Yeah, it did, sorry. It's, it's Angus. He, he wants to talk about... It's Angus texting deal. you. He's listening. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, you dick. <laughs> I, already, I already pay for the LED radio stuff, so like, stick another pound on that. It's 99p a week. I'll I'll pay two quid a month. That's uh, a week. That's not a yeah, problem. That's money you don't even realise that is. So again, a, a quick easy way in for the club. Good PR. Invest some of that back into the changes that they want to see in the academy. So yeah. if we've got, I know there's millions of pounds floating about with Premier League money, but if you're taking, you know, you could say to fans, 25p of your subscription per week goes towards, you know, volunteer staff that come down to Thorpe Arch and, you know, all the grounds, the ground staff, because we spoke on this podcast about every single element of this club being a community and contributing. Obviously, it's the players and the coaching staff and Mark Jackson that deliver the results. But, yeah. you know, there's a lot of people that help out there, the kit guys, the people that scrub the, you know, the security guards that get anything. You could put something back into it and really make a 23 squad that is community focused as well. Yeah. And make us the official under 23 podcast. We'll uh, give you live Bingo. streams and that sort of stuff. <laughs> we can do that job. We don't need Emma. Emma Non-monetized. I'll turn up for free. <laughs> yeah. Um, we better we can still have two games to play. Um, we better talk about the the Fulham game uh, quickly, I suppose. Um, they're doing not very well. They're down at the bottom of the table almost. We're going to win, aren't we? Should be easy, boys. It was seven one last time, wasn't it? <laughs> so yeah, let's just have another one. Let's just have another couple of seven ones to see out the season. Yeah, let's go out in style. They actually do have a couple of decent players for them. They've got that Cavalero guy. Mm. Uh, I think he's second. I think he's the second top scorer in the division after Gellar. Yeah. Um, good little player. We missed a penalty um, in that game as well. We could have been eight one. Did we? I don't even remember. We got a penalty, yeah. Wow. But yeah, got to be looking at another win, obviously, to see out the game, uh, to see out the season with two more wins. Yeah, it's got to be the yeah. aim, and you know these players have got to maintain a high level performance because they're looking at getting in the first team. So yeah, I wouldn't expect to see a drop. Like and like Ross, uh, like Ross said. They, can't drink anyway. A lot of them are too young, so should be no hangovers from the Villa game. Yeah, yeah, no Creswell, so we might see Kenner play. We might see Mullen play. Yeah, um, right position up for Rabs. Opportunities, I'm sure, for the for the younger lads to get a game as well in the in the last couple. I think yeah. Max Dean's back fit, um, so we might see him in. Yeah, obviously looking forward to it and see. They've played they've played with freedom all year, so. I literally yeah. wouldn't expect to see no change. It's not like oh they've been you know really tight and compact and yeah. really scared to make a mistake all season. So now they've won the league. It's going to be free flowing football. It's been free flowing football all season. They're, they're disciplined, they're motivated by first team opportunities, um, and obviously the demand. It's, it's Leeds United. There's a demand for a performance every single game. So yeah. I wouldn't expect to see a drop. I want us to go and beat Fulham. And I want us to round off the season with two two more wins. Yeah, there we go. Rob, victory? Yeah, 4 0. Nice. Yeah, a comprehensive victory. I'm going for Solid. four plus. I'll be placing my bet <laughs> on, basically. <laughs> there we go. Then that is the end of this week's Roaring Peacock Youth podcast. We'll be back next week with a review of the Fulham victory. Look ahead to the Burnley game, which is the final game in the Premier League Division 2. And yeah, maybe we'll have some special guests. Maybe we'll get some. 
player profiles going again before the end of the season. We're not sure what we're going to do, but we will be back. You can find us on Twitter at Peacock's Raw. You can find us on YouTube at The Raw and Peacock. Uh, make sure you're subscribed. Please watch all the adverts. They're, they're brilliant adverts on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe and watch all of them. Um, click on the links for them as well. It's great. And uh, yeah, we'll be back in a couple of weeks' time. So it's goodbye from me. It's, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Rossbow1984. It's goodbye from Rob. And where can I find you? At J U C E E R O B. I just wanted to give a quick shout to a pinned tweet that's on my Twitter feed, which I'm going to finish. I promise this week I've been threatening to. So, for any first time listeners or listeners that haven't seen the back catalogue, we have a back catalogue of episodes where we do player profiles. We've looked at obviously some match reviews, which which technically will be out of date, uh, but they are a good listen, uh, if I do say so myself. So, give them a view, give them a watch, like, comment, subscribe, and uh, tell us what content you want to see. Yeah, 13 episodes up there. This will be the 14th. And Matty, it's goodbye from you. And where can they find all your stuff? Uh, at Matty underscore Ingham 17. And then for all your academy stuff, at LUFC Academy News. Been a bit dead on the site the last couple of weeks. I've been busy with uni and, and things like that. And also with pubs being reopened, I've been a little <laughs> bit preoccupied. But we'll be back with some written content on the Fulham game. And, you know, just like you can leave us suggestions for any YouTube videos you want us to do, especially in the off-season. Leave me any suggestions for any written articles you know i'm happy to do play reviews you know i literally anything anything you want to see so just drop me a direct message and we'll get that done for you same yeah. with the podcast obviously any ideas just leave it in the comments yeah we're, we're kind of open on this podcast we'll talk about whatever you want us to talk about especially as as yeah, over the summer there'll be a gap won't there you know we won't have the player we won't have the match reviews so yeah over the summer we'll be looking for content honestly just let us know yeah definitely. drop it in the comments any ideas yeah there you go so you can find us in all those places. Uh, thank you for listening and we'll be back next time. Most of our stats come from LUFC Stats or LUFC Data on Twitter. A very special thanks to Barney Stewart, Cooper Ewan and Howard Metcalf, Josh Pearson, Laura, Leon and Rob, The Light Show and all our family and friends. So many games to play, don't care what's on your mind.